Will you please welcome to the stage our guest moderator, news editor of Empire Magazine and part of the presenting team on BBC's Film 2012, Chris Hewitt. Hello. Hey everyone, thanks for coming. And thanks for your patience, we had traffic problems. It's London, it's gonna get worse when the Olympic starts, believe me. Um, a Fantastic Fear of Everything is a quirky, hilarious, and utterly original British comedy that stars Simon Pegg as the world's most paranoid man. It's directed by Crispin Mills, yes, the guy from Coolish Shaker. And before we meet them and the rest of the gang, let's have a look at the trailer. Do you think you had a happy childhood? What is your earliest memory? The orphanage on fire. <laughs> You're being facetious. No, no, I'm not really. The orphanage I was in caught fire. Uh, November the 5th, 1979. Luckily, no one was hurt. Do you have a title? Decades of Death. Chilling. It's a detective story. You know, how do they get there? What fills them with the need to victimise and kill? Why choose mass murder? Whatever happened to the hedgehog? What? to become a children's author. It was a terrible accident. I can't take it anymore. I, I'm gonna buckle, I swear to God. I'll see you in my dreams. I'm sick of these irrational fears, like the bloody laundrette. It's stopping me from living my life. You must return to the scene of the crime. Begin a new life, free from fear. I've never even bought toilet roll. Excuse me. Are these yours? Great stuff. Now, uh, please welcome to the stage the writer and director of A Fantastic Fear of Everything, Mr. Crispian Mills. And his stars, Mr. Simon Pegg. And Amara Karan. And the co-director, Chris Hopewell. Fantastic. A cavalcade of talent. Amazing. Uh, Crispin, let's start with you, because this is a film that almost defies description, so I'm going to leave it up to you. What is A Fantastic Fear of Everything? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, I start with the easy ones. The, the greatest film pitch uh, in history is, is Ridley Scott, isn't it? When he, when, he, when he was doing Aliens, and he went into the boardroom, and he just said, Jaws in space. <laughs> and then he left, and they were all writing checks. And, um, and this film was impossible to pitch for, in a way, because... It's um, Jaws in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Simon plays Jack, a, a writer who's is writing uh, crime novels about... Uh, the golden age of murder, Victorian London, and uh, you know the, the, his, the subject matter starts to get the better of him, and we realise that actually his his background, his roots, is in children's literature, 
and um, you know he's 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 blocking basically. He's not facing up to to what to to why he was drawn to that in the first place, and it takes him through all of his fears, which lead back to his own childhood, basically. And that's every spoiler I can think of. <laughs> in, in one and uh, Simon, what drew you to this? Because this is a film that has many many different styles in it. It's it's a comedy. It's a paranoid thriller. It's got stop motion animation. That's not a, a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Was it was it the fact that Crispin was going so out there? That drew I, yeah. Well, Crispin bought me an early version of the script and I, and and I was just on board from day one it was it evolved from that point it got it became a feature film and then it, it you know it through different iterations it took on what it is now it started off as an adaptation of Paranoia and the Laundrette the Bruce Robinson short story and yeah. it became something completely of itself and 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 uh, took on the shape that it is now and at every stage it, it just seemed very uh, I love the way it was written and the character was a gift you know as, as an actor to spend you know a lot of time in my pants was just so <laughs> exciting and um, it's uh, you know would there anyone would want to come to work in their underwear and sit there all day uh, it was that was the biggest draw for me <laughs> <laughs> if you pardon the pun draws <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We've started at a good level. I yeah. Think. <laughs> I'm noticed you pointed yourself out when you said when Simon said anyone would like to go to work in their underwear, but right. that's I, not that's not I, a draw I for you. I'm so shit at that, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> I was happy that. Well, I don't know. You'll have to see the film to see whether or not I get down to my drawers. But, uh, <laughs> you are. would do if it were Jaws in space. You absolutely then I would, would do. But yes. yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about your character and, uh, and how she fits um, in? Well, I think she's a stranger that Jack meets, and they go on this incredible adventure. I think to say too much more about it would be a shame because that would spoil the fun. She really is a stranger, and I think it's nice that we know very little about her when she makes her entrance and uh, you, it's very unexpected what happens so okay. interesting and Chris yeah. you're the co-director but also the production designer in this how, how exactly did that work well I mean we had a very strong idea of how we wanted, wanted the whole thing to look from a couple of years ago three years ago when we Crispin first sort of came to me with the idea and um, we just kind of built it together really and, and try to keep the colours muted Keep it kind of gothic looking. Keep it, you know, like keep it kind of scary and Victorian mm. to match this guy's sort of frame of mind. Okay. And what about the co-directing thing? How did that work with you two? Oh, it was just, a nightmare. Yeah, no, division of labour. <laughs> I mean, you know, you argue, you lose a lot of time, but eventually, no. Uh, <laughs> the good, the thing is, we we, we were uh, shooting. We only had 28 days, which is, you know, how long it takes to uh, zombify London. They weren't zombies, technically. And, but there you go. And, uh, <laughs> and by the by the end of it, I mean, the thing is. Uh, a lot of films, when they're, when they're rushed like that, yeah. the, the visual side of the cinema suffers. But because we'd had weeks and weeks and years to plan, and we had two people working on it, two tiny brains and one giant mouth, yeah. uh, <laughs> we were able to you know, create the visual style and, and not lose the, the drama, the attention to the detail. So how long was this in the, in the, in the works for you? You said years. Yeah, I mean, about from, from the very, very beginning and, and reading Paranoia in the Laundrette, it was about five years. You know, and uh, and and uh, I started off as a short film, and then I showed it to Chris, and then Simon looked at it and said, "This should be a feature," and we just developed it as mates all together. You know, mm. really, it was born. It was a, a team of people conducting unsupervised filmmaking. Absolutely, and was film directing always on the agenda for you? Because obviously, you have the other job, uh, that yeah. part of your history, but also you're a Mills. 
and that was seemed to indicate that at some point you were going to be doing business. this, yeah, in yeah. the family business. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think you you got to have a calling, you know. You just, yeah. I, I think when I was about 27, I woke up and just realised that I was obsessed with films, mm-hmm. and um, I spent about 10 years writing scripts, varying quality uh, and this is the 10 years later this is the first one that got made okay fantastic and before we meet uh, Jack and, and talk about him further let's have a look at Jack in action this is the, uh, the first clip from the movie and this is a scene where Jack meets his agent Simon if you want to talk about this oh, one a little bit more before, yeah, oh, yeah this is uh, <clears throat> myself as Jack meeting up with my agent Claire by, by Claire Higgins uh, who's a wonderful actress that I remember from Hellraiser um, but has a, an illustrious career, and it was a, a pleasure to work with her. She's uh, fabulously talented and crazy, uh, as all the best actresses are. Uh, so, so yeah, th- this is this is Jack venturing out of his house to meet his agent. Fantastic. Roll the clip, please. Thank you. Do you have a title? Uh, decades of death. Shit. Yeah. Well, if you want murder, then Victorian Britain is the golden age. I think murder's lost its sense of theatre, really. I mean, you know, what do we have now? It's just, like, kids... Mindless violence? Exactly, yes. I mean, killers don't put any thought into their murders anymore. Take Long Ear, for example. You heard of Long Ear? Can't say I have, no. Terrifying Polish plumber who hacked off a Frenchman's head. He disposed of the limbs down the sewer, but he couldn't think of what to do with the head. So, eventually, he utilised his gas-fired crucible, filled the nose and mouth with molten lead, slung the whole thing in the river. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. This is a non-smoking restaurant. Thank you. Are you ready to order, madame? Do you know what you're having? Um, I think I'll just have a beer. I'm not very hungry. One beer. This is my treat, darling. Oh, well, then I will have the chicory salad with asparagus croutons, chorizo and poached egg. To start, followed by the salmon and leek fish cake with mushy peas, chips and chive cream. Thank you. Lovely. Now that's quite an interesting look for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, it was fun. I, I, I was instructed prior to shooting to not shave or cut my nails. Uh, Your nails? Yeah, I, my nails were like talons, so, and they, they used to jam dirt underneath them every day. And, uh, and I lost a lot of weight, and um, I just tried to get in the mind of a guy who'd not left his house for three weeks. And okay. um, I did a lot of yoga. I couldn't really work out because I didn't want to look buff. So okay, I yeah. just sort of tried to lose as much weight without doing anything. <laughs> so <laughs> Bikram yoga was the key to that. It's a performance that you, you're on your own uh, alone, on your own, on your own rather, for a lot of this movie, and yeah. you're going slightly mad, or really, really mad actually. How difficult was that to to reach those levels of emotion every day with no one around? Um, it was tough. No, it was easy. No, it was tough. Um, <laughs> It was kind of, you know, it was a great environment to be working in because the, the set was very immersive. The, it was a beautiful uh, sort of replica of, we kind of thought it was like an embassy, right? Like a sort of a, a, yeah. a place that had been reclaimed as a residential home, but it had been for some purpose forgotten mm-hmm. uh, something else. And uh, Jack was l- kind of this little child in scale in there. You know, the ceiling was really high, the windows are big, and it's like a reflection of his mind. And, and he's like this little figure in this giant room, you know. And, and so it was easy to get in the mood and yeah, we yeah. were shooting so fast and it was so crazy and it, it, was, it was easy to be hyper. I drank a lot of coffee uh, <laughs> and, and, um, and, and just, you know, and with a script like that, it, it, it's an enormous help. To, yeah. You know, I, I didn't have to get too method. Did the pants help? Pants really helped. We haven't really seen the pants yet, but they're, they're truly a work of art. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. I, as I say, I used to sit 
in my special chair, which I take to jobs. It's like a deck chair that reclines. Uh, and just sit with my pants on and um, <laughs> in a cashmere sweater and just relax. It was delightful. How was that for you guys? Was that, was that disturbing? Yeah. <laughs> everyone got really used to it. It was like, everyone, was nobody cared. After the first time, it was like weird. And then I just sat there like this and nobody would, nobody would buy an eyelid. It's quite strange to see him clothed. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about the pants now, but what are you wearing? Uh, it, the film's about obsession in many, many ways. I mean, Jack gets dangerously obsessed with the idea of murders and people trying to murder him. Uh, if, does that resonate with you, Crispin? Have you been obsessed with anything in your life to the level perhaps that, that Jack was? Not saying you're not leaving your house, but along those lines, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been very, very paranoid in the past. Um, once, uh, the most paranoid I've ever been was once I thought that a car alarm was a mind ray. <laughs> <laughs> And it, was, it was very, very early in the morning. <laughs> so hey, we've all been there at some point. Uh, yeah, obviously. And yeah, uh, the and mind ray <laughs> feeling. Yeah, we've all had yeah. it, haven't we? I mean, it was. And uh, Simon, have you been obsessed about anything? Uh, apart from Star Fisher's yeah. ass, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Really Until it was changed for the uh, the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, and uh, Amara, any, any obsessions in your in your life? Um, oh God, too many to declare here. <laughs> to, sort of really terrible obsessions. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Of anything course. safe? Anything PG rated? It's, 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 okay? it's yeah. a family show. So Chris, what are your obsessions? <laughs> no, I'm not really. I don't have obsessions. <laughs> obsessions? Aware obsession? I don't have any. <laughs> I was obsessed with the I cologne will... obsession. Weirdly enough, for a long time. I Just do. taking showers. I love the smell of it. Okay. We have another clip now. This is uh, Simon. This is this is an interesting one for you because you got to reunite with Paul Freeman. Yes. You start with in Hot Fuzz, and this is where we meet a Dr. Friedkin. I mean, uh, Crispin, I don't know if you want to set this one up and explain exactly how Jack gets to this point where he's talking to. Uh, I don't know what the clip is. It's a uh, the Dr. Friedkin scene. It's Dr. Friedkin. In my pajamas. In the pajamas, yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, I guess uh, Dr. Freeman represents. He he's a psychotherapist, but he's also a kind of like a wizard. <laughs> he's he's Obi Wan to to Jack's Luke. So take it from there. Fantastic. Roll the clip, please. Thank you. Did you have a happy childhood? What is your earliest memory? The orphanage on fire. <laughs> You're being facetious. No, no, I'm not really. The orphanage I was in caught fire. Uh, November the 5th, 1979. Somebody let off a Roman candle in the dormitory. Luckily, no one was hurt. You're an orphan. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't. My mother abandoned me when I was five years old. She just packed a little suitcase for me one day and... Disappeared. How did it happen, Jack? It's all right to feel vulnerable. These pajamas aren't helping. Try, Jack. Try to go back. The only memory I have of my mother is of a book she gave me. Um, fairy tales, I suppose you call them, with these awful talking rodents. The tr truth is, it doesn't bother me. I don't miss my mother because I don't remember her. I just, I'm sick of these irrational fears. Like the bloody laundrette, it's, it's stopping me from living my life. Well, you're a grown man now. You can do something about it. You're not a child. <laughs> um, this is obviously based, as Simon said, on uh, Bruce Robinson novella, Paranoia in the Laundrette. How difficult was it to get the rights to that novella from Bruce? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Um, no, I mean, uh, I, I, I went, Chat, chat with Bruce and, yeah. and, and he, he was a mate 
So he was very easy about it, you know. He's, he was just, yeah, you know, give it a go, you know. <laughs> really? Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it, 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 it just felt natural and it felt um, like the right... Um, I, I never felt, strangely, even though I was, Bruce was a bit of a hero mm. and, and with Nails a kind of a legend, yeah. it, it always felt very natural adapting it. And uh, and it wasn't intimidating actually. It was he was really supportive. First script I sent him, he, he said chuck it in the bin, and <laughs> we just went on from there. You know, it's a very um, you know we were very straight up with each did other. He, uh, did he visit the set at all, or was he no, keeping his distance? No. no, he well he was making rum. Of course he was. Yeah, while we were filming. So. Absolutely. And the Simon, film, not the drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Simon, uh, do you think do you see something of Withnell and I in Jack? In a way, yeah. Well, we kind of we when we were talking about Jack's look, we wanted what well, we wanted him to have that sort of rakish dishevelment that With Now has, you know, yeah. a kind of well, a sort of romanticism in his in his awfulness, and so and he and he is that kind of odd character, that that sort of erudite, smart person, very down on his luck. So in that respect, he is a cousin of With Now, yeah. And, and uh, you know, that movie is is one of the greats and a film that I've. I list as a as an influence and a you know an inspiration to me over the years. So it's great to be within that kind of universe, you know, of the sort of kind of posh. We don't have a lot of time, so let's. Uh, I'm sure you've got got questions for everybody here. So put your hands up, and we'll get some roving microphones around. Yes, please, sir. This Thank you. Very enthusiastic. Can I just ask you how much weight you lost, Simon? And can you tell us a bit more about how you did it? Forty pounds. Uh, no, I don't know. I, it was, <laughs> I'd come off the I'd come off the back of um, my Mid Ghost Protocol, so I, I I'd already dropped quite a lot of weight. But I didn't want to um, I didn't want to look like I've been working out particularly. So I tried not to do any lifting or anything like that. I just tried to get a bit skinny. Uh, and I did a lot of Bikram yoga. You, uh, you you sweat a lot and you drop a lot of liquid. Um, so it was and that and didn't eat very much. Uh, I wouldn't advise it. It's not a. I'm not going to release a book. Uh, it, it was unhealthy and probably unwise. So um, you know, go on Weight Watchers. It's better for you. You don't feel, you don't feel better for being. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. And and I quit drinking as well. So I don't. That that's always a, a an empty calorie that 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 can add to your weight if <laughs> if you let it. So I I, uh, I I'd stopped drinking a year before. So it was quite easy to you know get in shape. I, I prefer being fitter to. Broken hair fat. <laughs> uh, any other questions? So just put your hands in the air. And we will get ready. Wow. Yes, please. There's Over there. Good. Always a very tentative moment when the questions go out. Everyone looks very guilty. Uh, just a lot of. Ooh, uh, just a uh, quick question for Crispian. How easy was it to get funding for this project as your debut? Uh, well, yeah, so, um, it's it's very uh, having Simon involved was massive. Uh, people could see it was a it was a great role for him, and uh, and doors would open, and people would be happy to have a chat. But it, this is the world we live in right now, where everything is people like brand recognition in the in the uh, funding world. And if it's not based on a, a you know a, a bestseller or a, or a video game or, or, or a, a board film, game or board game <laughs> or a film that's already been made, you know, if it's it's difficult. And this one especially was quite novel, and and and, and, and we couldn't really compare it to anything else. So it was there were a few short meetings. It wasn't easy, but we got there in the end. The trouble is with making films in this country is that you there, there's a ceiling on what a film will make, particularly domestically in America and worldwide and, and they have to give you their budget in accordance with what the maths are when they figure it all out you know and 
the fact is we're a small country and even in America we're considered foreigners you know in a British film will make a ceiling of probably unless you're Harry Potter or, or James Bond probably about 35 million dollars at the most a, a British film will make at the box office so and then you factor in international into that and how it's going to appeal overseas they, they factor all this in and they go okay you'll make this money back you can have this much money to make it so it's all sums these days it's kind of boring anyone here put your hands up oh right at the back there's a lady right at the back by the speaker thank you um, question for Simon. Um, what, how, um, like, out of all the films that you've done, not including this one, what was your um, favourite one to shoot? That's a hard question because they're all my babies and I couldn't possibly choose. They're all for different reasons, you know. Paul was a huge one for me because my daughter was born in the middle of it and Sean was a huge one because it was our first one and I just did Star Trek 2 and that was, like, the most fun ever. And, you know, they're all kind of... It's difficult to distinguish between them all. Um, I guess I'd say Shaun of the Dead just because it was the beginning of everything and, you know, I owe that film a lot. So, um, But it was tough. We were making a, a film for not much money. We didn't know it was going to even get released in the UK, let alone America. So, so I'll say Paul. <laughs> <laughs> How important is it you, uh, for you to stay here and keep doing films? Obviously, you're doing Mission Impossibles and Star Treks, but you keep doing small British films at the same time. Yeah, so. as soon as I not, don't have to do that, I'll be off. Uh, no it was really nice to come back to, to make this film here and, and, and after having done Mission Impossible which was seven months to come back to this which was five weeks and you know as Crispin said it's sort of unsupervised filmmaking uh, it felt kind of exciting and cool and, and, uh, and to be making it at Shepparton which was you know on the very sound stage where Crispin's mum and dad met it was kind of oh, a yeah. bizarre coincidence yeah. how was that for you by the way yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, for me it was weird, <laughs> but it's a, a, a Shepperton is like, you know, they've been making films there for a hundred years, so mm. everybody goes there with a sort of sense of occasion and famous films that you love. David Lean shot there, you know. <laughs> so there you go, it's great. <laughs> and uh, Amr, can you talk about being parachuted into this film because Simon's on his own for ages, dancing around in his yeah. pants. You yeah. know, Christian and, and Chris, Crispy yeah. and sorry, and Chris are quite close obviously as co-directors yeah was it strange in a way um no actually everyone was just so wonderful and i i really i mean i have to say it was one of the best experiences of my life making this film and oh, i really good. did learn so much and and actually was. <laughs> 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 but also i'm the amazing thing is that i am a lot less scared now of stuff you know we, earlier we were talking about phobias yeah what you're scared of. I mean, I, I said this to Crispian recently. I, it's amazing. I'm just much less scared of stuff. It was a catharsis for you. Yeah, well, yes, I think that's what it was. And the exorcism that we did. Uh, <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> as, well. as well helped too. But, um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. I mean, the whole crew and cast just gelled and bonded so beautifully. It was absolutely incredible. Fantastic. And uh, as I mentioned earlier on, there are stop-motion elements to it. I won't talk too much about those, but can you talk about the decision, both of you, you know, to include stop-motion animation in this? It's his fault. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 Chris, is, Chris made one of the best music videos ever, um, Radiohead's There, There, and mm. when you know that you've got, you've got a gang together and you know somebody can do that, you think, well, let's give it, you know, let's play to our strengths. And um, the style of animation that we went for was that you that you basically were in charge of. It's yeah, well, we wanted to we wanted to keep it 
I have a real feeling of nostalgia, especially at that, that, in that last scene. We really needed to get some emotions tweaked. So we went for something which I find very nostalgic, which is the work of Oliver Postgate, who did Bagpurse and who did The Clangers. I mean, people may or may not know that. Mm. But um, it's just a beautiful old traditional stop frame technique, which just has such a sort of like um, a beauty to it and a magic, which we've, we thought would really fit with that particular scene. So it was all done with, you know, by hand and everything, mm. but using Mac computers. Oh, really? Just wanted to know that. It's we were, we were using Macs. Yeah, we were. So any any goodie bags? Yeah. We love Mac. Goodie <laughs> boxes. But we shot it all digitally, Mac, Mac, um, traditionally, <laughs> traditionally done, but digitally kind of mastered. Yeah. And that was done after the film was largely shot? That took us 12 yeah. weeks after the film, and we did it in a barn in the West Country, down <laughs> over near the Spension Bridge in Bristol. It was an Avon barn. Cares. Yeah, an Avon <laughs> barn. Uh, any more questions at all? Yes, please. Oh, you again, sir. Yes, absolutely. Why not? Um, it's a weight question. It's, no, it's not a weight question. It's about... <laughs> How do you uh, put on weight? It's, it does go back to something we've talked about already, and you dancing around in your pants in this movie, Simon, which I'm sure is very amusing, but... Do you ever wish you got cast as a kind of romantic lead that played upon your wonderful handsomeness rather than your ability to be a comedic? Rather than my balls. <laughs> uh, which are distracting, to say the least. Um, no, maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of, I have, uh, by sort of proxy, got to play that kind of character in like Run, Fat, Boy, Run and How to Lose Friends. I, you know, made out with Kirsten Dunst and Tandy Newton. So, uh, eat that. <laughs> <laughs> It was really nice. Anyone else at all? Yes, please. Thank you. Okay, this is kind of ridiculous, but I've always been curious, because I know you're a Buffy fan. I was, yes, I am. And I love Buffy, so my friends always have a debate over who's the best love interest. Uh-huh. Um, Angel, Riley, or Spike, and I was curious as to who your favorite is. Angel, all the way. Really? I mean, Riley was a little wet. I mean, Spike I like was... I never... Spike felt crowbarred in. It was like, who's left that can have it off with Buffy? He went not <laughs> But it was like... And also, it was replaying the old Angel thing, because he suddenly yeah. got a chip. It was a bit convenient. I, I thought Angel was the best. Okay. I love David Boreanaz's Cro-Magnon face. I think he's, uh, he's <laughs> ruggedly handsome in a real caveman kind of way. Uh, and I thought Spike's a great character, but it just felt like, eh, come on. It's like Friends. Who, who hasn't shagged each other yet? Okay. You know? Fair enough. You're but he went and got a soul for it. Oh. You know? That's yeah, a You're thing. an Anglophile, aren't you? You like him because he's British and blonde. Well, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a question for everyone or just for Simon? Yeah. <laughs> if anyone else has an opinion, I'm open yeah. to it. Where do you stand at this? Anyone else with questions for... Oh, my, what, look at that. Suddenly a load of hands. Uh, uh, let's go to this gentleman right here, please. Thank you. And then we'll go to you at yes, the back. Yes, we'll keep related now. <laughs> Hello. Um, I was just wondering, you seem to have the same sort of stable of friends slash actors in most of your films, Simon. So are there any of your mates in this film? Schlatters, I call them. Why not? Why not? Uh, no. Is well, it really I've a made new friends. I got a man to, uh, and woman operation. I got to work with uh, Amra Karen here and uh, and um, Alan Drake and Paul Freeman, who was uh, in Hot Fuzz. Uh, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not in a sort of jobs for the boys thing. I I have, you know, people I like to work with, and we have a sort of rep company. But people are always coming into that at every different time it's never the same I just like seeing Kevin Eldon on screen everybody so. likes seeing Kevin <laughs> Eldon on screen He's a, he, there's the, guns, the guy's a wizard uh, but you know you do, you do make friends that you like and you have a chemistry with and a rhythm with and a shorthand with um, and so you know I'm sure you'll see faces you've seen before in the world's end when we do that although maybe not we've not cast it yet so you know I think work with, work with the people you like if you can 
I'll remember that. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yes, Stripey Man uh, yeah, in the, uh, at the back yeah. here. Yeah, um, um, this question goes um, to Chris Bian and Chris. Um, in terms of the um, Jack character, um, did you feel that Sam Pig was the um, right actor straight away as soon as you'd done the script, or did you have any other actors in mind? Um, no, he, to be honest, we, we had a, a sh much shorter script, and I showed it to Simon, and uh, hoping that he would see the potential in it, and he did. And then once Simon was, was encouraging and supportive, then we basi I basically wrote it knowing that we had that team. So it was Simon and, then, and Chris, and then actually the cast started to grow and gather around the project, so it was writing knowing that we had Amara, knowing we had Claire Higgins, mm. um, Alan Drake, and it was it, it evolved in a, in a pretty unique way, didn't it? Yeah. Knowing that you had that. Organically. Because you know you had the team. Ah, we used the organic word. Ah, <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't word. say organic, damn it. Uh, Simon told me once that essentially you added a third act, that you went beyond mm. the Bruce Robinson novella. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that just what happened? You went away and wrote that and it expanded? It became more complex than that, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, because the, the, the novella is is two acts, yeah. and then and then we need the third act. But <laughs> okay. the third act has to be born out of out of a, a seeds that are sown and characters that are they developed right from the beginning. So you had to kind of go and um, do a whole. It was an engine out job basically, okay. but it was worth it. Fantastic. Uh, and on that note, that's all the time we have. I'm afraid. Uh, thanks so much for coming. A fantastic view of everything is out on June 8th. So do go and see it. And please give it up for Chris Hopewell, Amara Karen, Simon Pegg, and Chris Mills. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.